0: To walk in truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15 through 28, called Our Eternal Inheritance. We
1: hey, were talking in the prayer room Uh, before the service and, and we were talking about the great exchange of the cross. Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us. Whatever that fully means, I don't know that I fully understand it. But he who knew no sin became sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And here's what happened. The great exchange of the cross. His righteousness comes to us and our sin goes to him. This is the great exchange. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty good to be on our side of it. Because what happened was he took the brunt, treated as if he had committed our collective sins of all humanity of all time. Can you imagine the sinless, spotless son of God who never even knew separation from his father or what that might even feel like, taking upon himself the sin and the muck and the mire of collective humanity? Just this room, it would be an ugly scene if we listed all of our sins laid on him. But the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Why? Because God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit also loved the world that he gave and he gave and he gave. Therefore, 23, 23, it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. Now scholars would say that the heavenly things can't be heaven. Heaven doesn't need to be cleansed. What needs to be cleansed is me. <laughs> and here's the deal. If I'm going to end up in heaven, and we all know that one day there'll be new heavens and a new earth, and it sure seems like the permanent home we will have is a physical new earth, and that's for another sermon. But if we die right now prior to the finality of all things, which we'll talk about in a moment, we go to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. How can we be in the presence of God? How can we go into the Holy of Holies? I mean, I know you look in the mirror every day. I do. Sometimes I kind of like what I see. Oftentimes I'm like, oh boy. (laughs) Amen? Anybody else? Like, oh Lord, help me, right? I've been a Christian over three decades and that's my regular prayer. Help me. (laughs) I know who I am. I know how frail and so forth I can be. What is amazing in verse 23 is that the cleansing has happened in my life. I'm now acceptable in the beloved. I now have a clean conscience. That's 914. I now have the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to my account simply by placing faith in him. And that's why when I die, I'll be with the Lord. I don't need an additional cleansing. I've been cleansed from my sin. Amen? Amen. You don't have to walk around under condemnation because there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. You don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to live with uncertainty. And that's what the writer's been trying to say. Don't go back to that system. That system has nothing for you. It's been fulfilled. Don't go back to the shadow Trust in the substance. Christ has done his cleansing work and we are often called a dwelling of God, Ephesians 2.22, a spiritual house, 1 Peter 2.5, the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.19, etc. And so notice, for Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but Christ, notice, entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. His ministry of intercession continues. He's paid the price, but he continues to intercede for us. And I don't think that anybody knows every angle of what that means. Some some say he's praying for us. Some say that it's just the ongoing effect of his uh, passion, the death and the resurrection of Christ, uh, et cetera. So that's something that you can walk out. But here's what we know. It's been paid in full. In a rural village lived a doctor who was noted both for his professional skill and his devotion to Christ. After his death, his books were examined. Several entries had written on them in red ink, forgiven, too poor to pay. Unfortunately, his wife was of a different disposition, insisting that these debts be settled. She filed a lawsuit before the proper court, went before the judge and was being heard. And the judge asked her, ma'am, is this your husband's handwriting in red, too poor to pay, forgiven? She replied that it was. Then said the judge, not a court in the land can touch those who have been forgiven. And that's our story. We may have an accuser who accuses us day and night, but his accusations mean nothing because he, who is he who can condemn? Christ is the one who paid my ransom. If I have the righteousness of Christ, there's no accusation that could stand in heaven against me and against you. And that's why a Christian can walk in joy and in freedom. Nor was it that he, Christ, should offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood not his own. The high priest had to go in, we've learned about this, and he had to offer a sacrifice for himself, and then do it for the people. Not Christ, and not often, only once. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, keyword, at the consummation of the ages, Jesus has been manifested to do what? To put away sin. You know what that language is? That's the language of what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means your sin has been put away as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. This is literally for the disannulling of sin. How did he do it? By the sacrifice of himself. He put your sin away. You know that he appeared, 1 John 3, 5, in order to take away sins. Behold, The Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Pictured in the scapegoat who carries the sins away on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. That's the imagery. That's the word forgive. To carry your sin away. And that's what God has done in Christ. Amen? Amen. You don't have to live under condemnation. There is a heretical doctrine out there. I want to say it with all the grace I can to our Roman Catholic friends. Ludwig Ott, a Roman Catholic theologian, explains that the perpetual sacrifice dogma, which was made official by the church at the Council of Trent in the middle of the 16th century, the Holy Mass, he writes, is a true and proper sacrifice. It is physical and propitiatory, removing sins and conferring the grace of repentance. Propitiated by the offering of this sacrifice, God, by granting the grace of the gift and the gift of penance, remits trespasses and sins, however grievous they may be. In other words, God's satisfaction regarding sin depends upon the weekly mass. That is why attending mass is so important to Catholics, and that's why Catholic churches are often very crowded on Sundays. I don't say this with any disrespect. I believe there's a lot of wonderful Christians, sincere believers in the Catholic Church, despite this doctrine. And here's what they believe. They believe at the consecration of the mass, when the priest prays, that the Eucharist is transubstantiated into the literal body, blood, and divinity of Christ, and that somehow he is symbolically, or you could say, uh, maybe, well, I, I guess symbolically is the right word. He is re-crucified over and over again to dispense more grace to the worshipers who come to the mass. That's not the gospel. The gospel is a once and for all atoning sacrifice that paid for the sins of all believers for all time, once for all. We've been seeing that over and over again in Hebrews. Amen. And with all due respect, I grew up Italian Catholic, so I, I, I think I could say this with some authority. Even though I feared God, I didn't understand grace in that system. Grace was given and then taken back based upon my performance, which is not a good way to live <laughs> because it went like this. Now, I'm not, I'm not arguing tonight for inconsistency in the Christian church. I'm not saying, okay, sins are paid for. Just go do what you want now. Yay. No, because if you do that, you're using grace as an excuse for sin. And let me just say that if you do that, you are inviting the discipline of God into your life. Let me say that one more time. If you mess around as a believer because daddy loves you, you invite his discipline. So don't think that just because you're saved by grace, you can get away with whatever you want. That's not the case. In fact, grace should motivate godly living, amen? Because he loved me so much, I wanna give him my best. And I know that when I blow it, and I do, I have grace that will take care of that, but I wanna be as consistent as I can. If he did this for me, how much more should I live for him? Final two verses. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes the judgment NIV just as man is destined to die once and after that to face the judgment so Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time for salvation now you could call this the finality or the consummation of our salvation because salvation has occurred but we don't have all of its fullness yet I'll explain that in a second Without Would you please consider supporting Walking Truth being on this radio station with, so and podcast for at least for $5 that. a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Hmm. Not in words, but in You can't have me. Mm -hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Salvation has occurred, but we don't have all of its
1: fullness yet. I'll explain that in a second. Without reference to sin. When he comes the second time, sin's already been dealt with, so he's not coming the second time for that. He's coming the second time to bring the fullness of our redemption to those who what? Eagerly await him. Now I know a lot of you personally and I know that a regular uh, refrain in your prayers is come Lord Jesus. And it usually depends. The fervency is based upon the top five news stories. Usually like sometimes, you know, it's, come Lord Jesus. And sometimes it's like, oh, come Lord Jesus. Everything is falling apart, Right? And I get both of those ideas. And I'm glad that Jesus didn't come before the late 80s (laughs) because that's when I came to know the Lord. And uh, some of you, you know, you've become Christians in the last couple of years and you're like, man, those people who were talking about Y2K and 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988, thank God, you know, that wasn't the case. But now that I'm saved, I don't really care about those people. So, you know, I'm good. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. No, we don't want to be that way, right? But here's here's what we know. We know that we have an appointment to die once and gratefully to die once. And after this, that means, by the way, there's life after death because something's going to happen after you die. And you know what it will be? It will be judgment. Now, who's that for? Well, your sin was judged at the cross, so you are not going to stand before God to be judged for your sin. So what would your judgment be? Well, you'll stand before the bema seat of Christ to receive rewards, and some of your work will last and pass the test, and some may not. But a final judgment is nonetheless in mind here, and probably taking us to Matthew 25 when Jesus' is pictured as seated on the throne, separating the sheep from the goats, right? And, you know, kind of measuring everything there. And so, notice, we have an appointment, and it's to die once. What you don't want to do is die twice. You don't want to die physically and then experience spiritual death. What you want to have happen is when you die once, but you're alive in Christ, you know what Paul says? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why? Because my death will simply usher me into the presence of the Lord. And I don't have to fear it then, right? Because if I fear judgment, I've not been perfected in love. John says, because then I don't know the love of Christ. I don't understand the gospel. If I'm a Christian and I keep fearing judgment, I don't understand the cross or the resurrection. Amen? So so you don't have to live in fear of judgment. All you want to do is just live to please the one who purchased you and know that when you stand before him, it will be a bima and he will give out rewards. Your inheritance is eternal. Amen? Amen? It's undefiled unspoiled, no one's taking it away. This is 1 Peter 1, I think it's verse 4. It's reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. You say, well, how do I really know, though? You know? I mean, we all probably have those moments driving in your car. Man, I've been a Christian for this long and preaching the gospel and telling my friends, but (laughs) how do I really know? You know how you know? you have a down payment. The Holy Spirit has been given to you and me as a down payment guaranteeing our future redemption. If you know that the Spirit of the living God lives inside of you, you already have the down payment. And that's how God has guaranteed it. He's the earnest money. The very presence of God is God's guarantee that he's going to finish what he started in you. Amen? That's the beauty of the promise. And so what we have in verse 28, final verse, is once again Yom Kippur imagery, day of atonement, once a year. But here Christ is pictured as going into the Holy of Holies and he will appear a second time. Now when the children of Israel, when everything was put together on this one solemn uh, day in the fall for Israel, they had this day of atonement and it was supposed to, be an atonement for all retroactive sins committed in the previous year. So everything that you did wrong as, as a nation, uh, was supposed to be dealt with on the Day of Atonement. And the high priest had to do all of his preparation. And we talked a little bit about the rope that would be tied to his leg and some of the tradition just in case he died in there. He had to do everything the right way. And he would go in there and no one, no one else could go in. The priest, even the priest could, could not enter the Holy of Holies, but the average person was just kind of looking over the curtains. And you know where they were waiting for? Did did he come out? <laughs> There's a lot at stake here. You know, the, the national sins for the last year. I've been recounting them as we're waiting for this guy. I hope, I hope he dressed right and did things right, and the and the blood at atonement for his family was right and he didn't mess anything up. Is he coming out? Did he come out? You know, you can imagine maybe you know, thousands, millions of people waiting. And when he re-emerged, everybody's like, oh, thank you. There he is. Forgiveness. Hallelujah. Right? Well, when Christ comes a second time, he's going to re-emerge from the holy of holies in heaven. And we are looking for the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. Are you eagerly waiting for him? And when he comes, you know what it's going to be? It's not going to be Salvation, it is finished like from the cross. It's going to be a second it is finished. It's time for new bodies. It's time for a resurrection. It's time for the marriage supper or whatever we're gonna experience. It's gonna be all there when he reemerges or he reappears at the second coming. He came at the first coming, fulfilled. He's got a current ministry in the Holy of Holies right now, interceding for you. That's how much he loves you. And when he comes again, resurrection time, fullness of the inheritance time, wiping away every tear from our eyes. Glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this great section. Thank you for the precious people of God who are standing on the promises. Thank you for an eternal inheritance, undefiled, unspoiled, reserved in heaven for us who are kept by the power of God. That power is in us as believers, and we're grateful for it. It's a keeping power. The inheritance that we have is eternal, and it's all linked to the testator who was killed for my transgression, who died for my iniquity, who purchased my redemption, and who covered me in his blood. Oh, Lord, what can we say to such amazing promises? Only we can say thank you, Lord. Thank you for so great a salvation. And I pray that we as a church, as we bask in the beauty of that salvation, would be filled with the spirit, filled with the joy, the love that we'd want to share this with others, Lord. Help us to be about your business And for anyone who hears my voice right now and doesn't know you yet, I pray that they would trust in Jesus alone, not in self-help programs. They can be helpful to an extent, not in their own merit, not in their own effort, but in the finished work of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Our Eternal Inheritance, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 9, 15 through 28. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, the bottom line is that we have an eternal inheritance in Christ.
1: And you know what? Right now, we are living for the King and the kingdom of God. And that inheritance, what we're going to inherit one day, is everything that belongs to the King belongs to us. We are co-heirs with Christ. You know, I don't know even everything that that means, but I do know this, that where He is, we're going to be what He owns we're going to have ownership of to some degree, and it's the joy of our king's heart to bless us with the kingdom of God. And we have an an, an eternal inheritance that's unspoiled, undefiled, Peter says, reserved in heaven for us who are kept by the power of God. And so what a beautiful uh, promise we have. Uh, the promises that we have in Jesus Christ are magnificent promises. So whatever you may be going through right now, hold on, my dear brother and sister, uh, because what we have ahead of us will make everything pale in comparison. It's not even worthy to be compared with the glory, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, that will be ours in our inheritance. So hang on. And speaking of holding on, tomorrow we're going to talk about you have need of endurance. We're going to talk about the idea of perseverance. How do we endure? How do we keep going through difficult and challenging times? Make sure you tune in tomorrow. You have need of endurance? We all do. We'll find out more tomorrow. Hey, if we can help you in any way, we have a number that we tell you about from time to time that you can call. It's 844 48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And pastors are here Tuesday through Friday to pray with you, to hear you out, to encourage you. It's 844-48-TRUTH. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 10, 26-39, called You Have Need of Endurance. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.